Well, before we get into the word this morning, I just want to call our sister Maria up just quickly. Uh, who was here on Saturday, the 1st of October for our women's morning? Quite a lot of the ladies and Johannes and Jog were here and Jason. And uh, Maria was also at our women's morning and she's got a testimony that we just wanted her to also share with our congregation because we think it's incredible. My name is Maria. Ik was daar ochtend hier zo geweest, maar kom ik gaan begin terug. Ik heb drie dagen pijn gehad, wat ik niet kon asemal niet. Ik kon niet eens mijn arm zo opgelegd. Hier was die laatste wat ik kon opgelegd. Ik kon niet eens diep asem gehaald niet. Ik heb voor mij die vrijdag pullen gaan gekopen, omdat die pijn nog te drinken laat die pijn weggaan. En toen zei mijn zuster voor mij, zus, je moet komen. Toen zei ik, ja, ik zal komen. Maar tijd ochtend heeft die duivel weer besluit, je moet leren. Je kan niet nou gaan. Toen lee ik, ik lees zo tot half zeven. Toen zei ik, nee man, kom ik spring nou op. Toen sprang ik op daar zo. Toen ik opspring, ik ga zomaar bij die kerel, ik ga zet die kerel water aan. Want als ik nog kamer doe gegaan, dan zou ik misschien geleid. Toen maak ik me klaar, ik kom hier zo. En terwijl ik zo hier zo is, ik, ik heb net gevoel, daar is iets wat mij aanraakt. Weet je als die heren met jou bezig is en als hij voor jou wat ding wil doen. En jij vraagt hem, hij doet dit voor jou. Hij doet dit rijdig voor jou. En ik heb gezegd, nou hier pijn, hoe lang zal ik hier pillen drinken? Maar ik het moest, nou kom ik drink maar hier pillen. Maar toen ons hier zo, en ons het nou daarvoor, ons is nou klaar hier binnen. Ons het foto's daar geneem. Maar daar kan ik zien, ik beweeg nou mijn arm zoals ik wil, maar ik kom nog niet achter hier zo niet. Maar toen gaan zin ik, ik, toen zei ik voor pastor, pastor, ik heb dat pijn hier gehad, maar dat pijn is nou weg. Ik ken niet, maar dat pijn is, ik kan mijn hart, ik kan diep asemhal. Zei ik voor pastor, ik heb dat pijn die dag daarin gegooid in de astrom. Ik drink niet meer pijn niet, die pijn is weg. En hij is weg, tot vandaag toe. Amen. Amen, dank je Maria. Kost je voor nog aan de klap, is awesome. Come on, we serve a faithful God. Amen. Amen. We pray that encourage you. Thank you, Maria, for sharing. And I'm going to give over to Johannes to bring the word this morning. I thank you, Lord, again for this amazing the morning, Lord God. I, th I thank you, Lord, that, that you are present here. And I thank you, Lord, just for, for everyone also that is here this the, the morning, Lord God, for the people that you send because, because we know, Lord, you have a word for each and every one as well this morning. You've got something to share for everyone this morning. And I, I pray, Lord, that the word that we will share today will bring glory to your name, will bring honor to your name, Lord God, and, and that it stirs something new within our hearts about who you are about who you are as a holy God, about who you are as our provider, as our king, as our rock, as our counselor. But, but I pray, Lord God, most of all that today that we will experience you as a holy God, as our holy God. We, th we thank you for you, our Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Move you guys this morning love the worship. Sure. Yeah, I really, um, I love this today. It, it, it's, it's something that the Lord put on my heart these last few weeks that, that there's, a, there's a new revelation that he wants to, to bring to us about who he is as God. Like, and I believe that what we sang this in the morning and the worship as well, that it, it stirred something in our hearts about the holiness of God. It's not just someone we talk about. It's not just someone that we meet on a Sunday. There's much more to God than we, we, we might realize. And that's something that I want to, to, to share with you guys about this morning. I'm not sure if you also, I'm going to admit I do this, but um, sometimes when I pray, you know, 
in the week or so, I've, I wake up, but my head is already spinning. There's a lot to do today. So there's just lots of things in my mind, and I'm just, okay, cool. I just need to do this, because that's what I do. And I read my bit, and I pray, thank you, Lord, for this morning and this day and everything, and, and amen, and I'm off. And sometimes in the evening as well. It's been a long day. I get home tired, and I pray. I sit in, in prepared to waver and pray, and just say a few words. Thank you for the day. Thank you for protecting me and all those things. And sometimes I fall asleep when I pray. It does happen, I'll admit that. And I think it's something that we can all relate to. Um, you know, but today I want to, to, to take us all on a, 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 a journey to, to see the Lord in another way, in a way that will also influence the way we read our Bible, the way we pray, the way we approach God. And, and um, the, the piece, the scripture that the Lord spoke to me about, that we'll, we're going to just stick with that one this morning, is from Isaiah, Isaiah 6. So if you guys can turn for me to Isaiah 6, and we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 8. Isaiah 6 from verse 1 to 8. If you have your, your, your Bibles here, you can turn there. It's also on version on your phone. And um, you can either read with me, or what you can also do is, well, while I read this, you can close your eyes and try to imagine what I'm going to read. Try to see what's happening before you, what, um, yeah, what happens before you, your mind's eye. So Isaiah 6, verse 1 to 8. I'm going to read it here, Isaiah 6, verse 1 to 8, and I'm going to start with verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another one and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. Verse 5. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone. That's how um, Isaiah talking. Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquities is taken away and your sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. So this, these last few weeks where the Lord sp spoke to me about, about wanting to take me, but also for us as a church, to a much deeper level in understanding Him, with that and with this um, scripture I read, like, just something popped in my, in my head that I can't, I can't do Christian life the way I'm used to doing it anymore. I can't read the, the, the scriptures the way I used to read it. I can't pray anymore the, the way I, 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 
am I used to pray? Because why? He wants to do something new, something different, and he wants to bring, he wants to, to, to bring us into a new realization about who he is. And that's why today um, I, I'd like to speak about a holy reverence for God. A holy reverence for God. Something that we, we, we don't always think about, and that is when we pray, when we worship, when we sing, we pray, when we read us up the, the Bible, we are actually entering into the, the presence of the Lord. You're with me on that one. So it's a big thing. When we pray, when we worship, when we read scriptures, we are actually entering into the presence of the Lord. Um, there's lots of scripture for that. And, and for us, my first the question I want to ask is, what do you think will happen when you read your scriptures, when you pray, and when you worship, and your spiritual eyes are open, and you see all around you. What will happen if, like Isaiah, your eyes open, and you see all these heavenly beings around you, you see the Lord there, you see His throne, you see the angels. What will happen? So keep that in mind. Um, if, if we can quickly go to Isaiah 6, verse 1 again. Isaiah 6, verse 1. Okay, and it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Now that's very interesting. In the year that King Uzziah died, um, the Lord opened the eyes of Isaiah, and he saw the king on the throne. So, What's so special about that verse? If you do a little bit of, 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 of history research, you know that that king, Uzziah, was a very strong and a powerful king in Israel. He sort of lifted them up from none to a hundred. Um, he, he rebuilt this, this, the city walls. He rebuilt the economy. He, he um, recaptured, or what do you call it? He took some of the desert, and he repurposed it, so there was food to eat, there was water. Um, he had strong, uh, uh, um, very strong armies. So he had all of these things. He, he, were like, he was like a massive king, and the people depended on him for what he did. And now when this great king, one of the greatest kings of Israel, died, on that same time, the Lord showed Isaiah, but wait, there's another king. There is the king of kings. There is the father, a God, on his throne. So although the, 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 the people stresses out like, oh, the king died, what will happen to us? What this, what that? You know, the Lord said, kings on the earth may come and go, but here am I, I'm the Lord God Almighty. I still sit on my throne. I'm still there. No matter what happens with the kings on earth, I'm still there. I'm still the, the God on the throne. And for us as well, like, what do we see when we, when we think about God? Um, how, how, how do we picture him? Do we see him as some old man with a beard and a stick and looks like a Gandalf, that movie? No. Or do we see him as, you know, a Jesus, white guy, white hair, shiny with a lamp? How do we picture God the Father in our minds? If we think about him, how do we see him? And imagine, imagine when you, you walked in here this the morning, and you saw God on his throne in your spiritual eyes here this morning, what would you see? How would you approach him? Let's turn to verse 2 to 4. Isaiah 6, verse 2 to 4. 
And above it, that's above the throne of God, and above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. Massive things happening. Just some, some um, exp- exp- explaining what a seraphim is. It's, it's, a, it, it's an angel. Um, it's got six wings. And as it says there, where two of its wings, it's massive. It's two of its wings covers his face with two the feet, and with two it flew. And, and the, if you study the, uh, the Hebrew of it, it's, it's a massive, massive angel, and it looks like, they look like they on fire. They call them the, 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 the fiery ones or the fiery ones. And what they, they, they do is they all around the throne of the Lord, throne of God, and constantly they attend to God so that they are there for him and for him alone, and as they are there in front of his throne room, his his, his throne, they constantly cry out loud, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Lord of hosts. Massive. And while they do that, the, the more they cry out who the Lord is, everything around them shakes, the doors shake, everything that that's around it shakes because why? I think not just because of why they, of what they say, but everything in heaven is, is alive. So I think everything in heaven trembles when they hear that the Lord is holy, holy, holy. So that they proclaim that holiness of God, that, that reverence for God, that awe for God. So that's a little bit about those angels. And as, 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 as Isaiah then he writes down um, everything that he sees, he sees that the, and the angels, their feet and their faces were covered up um, as they cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Now I want us to take just a few seconds, half a minute, to, 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 to close our eyes and to just to Picture that within our own minds. What does that look like? How would you see it? Say, for instance, you walk in that door this morning. You walk into his presence this morning. How would you see God? His throne, the angels around him. How would it look like? How would you experience it? Would you be scared? Would you be... Just terrified? Would you just freeze up? Would you be able to say something? Or would you be able to actually stand there? Would you turn around and run away if you see that? So again, what I would like us to understand this in the morning and where I want to take us this morning is that again, we, we, we um, understand and perceive that holy reverence for God, that ultimate awe and respect for our King in heaven. Amen? Still with me? Awesome. And the thing is, the, the question I had to ask myself as well these last weeks is, do I even consider that? Do I even consider who I'm approaching when I come to church? Do I even consider who I'm approaching when I, when I, I pray? 
And the Lord convicted me on this very hard these last weeks as well. Like sometimes I, I take who he is for granted. It's like, Ish, I'm sorry, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I apologize for that. But sometimes we do things and it's so much, uh, it's so much, it's, it's, it's a habit. We have to eat, so we pray. Sundays we come to church. If there's not something else, we come to church, okay. I wake up in the morning and what I normally do is I've got a Bible plan and I read it, it's okay. But it, it can become so much habit that we forget who we approach and in, in whose presence we enter when we do this. Amen? Amen. Holy reverence for God. And that's why I always pray and that's something you'll hear me say a lot is, is, that, is that the Lord make me more aware of his presence all the time. Because if I forget that he's here, because he's always here, if I forget that, I also tend to treat him differently. Make sense? So we always pray that we're more aware of his presence. An interesting scripture that I would like to, to, to share with you guys about uh, uh, Jesus, it's in Hebrews 5, verse 7. If you can turn to Hebrews 5, verse 7. Hebrews 5, verse 7. And it, it, it talks about uh, Jesus who is our eternal high priest. So he's the one that intercedes for us um, with the Father. And it's interesting. So it says here, and it's speaking now about Jesus. It says there in verse 7, Hebrews 5 verse 7, who in the, the, the days of his flesh, so that's when Jesus was walking on earth, when he had offered up praise and supplication with, with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. And was heard because of his godly fear. So what's, what was interesting about that scripture? Jesus, the Son of God, he also, like us, pray to his, the, the Father in heaven because he sets for us example. But why was his prayers answered? Why was his outcry, his, pray, um, his prayers, why was it answered? Why did the Lord hear him, the, the Father hear him and answer him? Because it says then verse um, in, at the end of verse 7 it says and he was heard because of his godly fear so he had a holy reverence for his father in heaven sometimes we ask yo why are my prayers not answered what am I doing wrong what this what that and it's, it's a good thing for us to to sort of take note and, and just take a few steps back and, and see where are we at when we approach a God? Is it just my mic and body opel? Or is it it's a holy God that we approach in our prayers, that we come before him with respect, that we take that time that before we enter into his presence, we take the time to get our mindsets right, like I'm now stepping into the presence of the Father. Think about that. 
Jesus, the Son of God, his prayers got answered not because he was the Son of God, but because he was heard because of his godly fear. So that's for us an example. Amen? Does this make sense this morning? So, for us again, when we enter the, the, the presence of God, when we, for instance, we walk into this hall now, the church, and we step into the, the, the presence of the Lord, what do we think, what do we see, what do we expect will happen? Where are we at with the Lord? Isaiah, he stressed out a little bit. It says there in verse five, um, let me just turn to Isaiah 6 verse five. It, it, um, he says, so I said, woe is for me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. It's like, woe is for me, I am undone. So he walks in there, he walks in there, and his eyes are open, and he, he sees the Lord, and he sees all the angels there, and it's like, woe, I am, I am undone. I have seen the Lord. So that woe is like an outcry that he passionate cry that he gives like, oh my, something is about to happen. It's, a, it's a, a, a call of despair, like, oh no, woe to me, I'm undone. So he was expecting, he's expecting, that means that when it says undone, he was expecting that now is his time. TikTok has run out. The Lord is gonna remove him now from, from earth. He's now gonna die. Because it says in Scripture, in Exodus 33, I think it says, that no man can see God and live. So as, as, as Isaiah comes before the Lord, he sees all of this, and he says, woe is for me, I am undone. But we can see that in what he said, there was a light bulb that went on. I say, that one works. <laughs> light bulb went on. The other one, where's Yaku? You must fix this light. Light bulb went on. So he understood in that moment when he stepped in there, when his eyes opened, his spiritual eyes opened, he understood who God was. He understood that awe and that reverence that is needed to approach the Lord. He understood who God was. And the first thing that he was confronted with when his eyes was opened was his own sinful nature. So he saw the Lord and he's like, whoa, I am undone because I'm in front of the Lord with unclean lips and I'm with people with unclean lips. So the first thing that he, he was aware of was his sinful nature. And for us as well, um, how do you feel, how do you sense it, what do you think about when you, when you open the scriptures and you pray? Are you convicted about things that you've done wrong, things that you've said that might not be right. Is, the, the, is, is the, the Holy Spirit convicting you as well? Like Isaiah was convicted, are you also conv convicted? It's like, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Are you convicted of, your, of the sins that might still be in your life? Do we have the same thing when we come before the Lord? Or do we think about 
not just about us and what we've done wrong, but also what about God? What, what will He do? Will he, will he reject my prayers? Will He accept it? Will He kick me out of the kingdom? Will He be angry at me? How do you, how do you see the Lord when you approach Him and you become more aware of who you are and also about who He is? That the first thing that happens when we enter that presence of God and when we see Him, we understand who He is. We see His holy nature. We, come, we become aware of our own sinful nature. But here's the thing. When we approach Him in church or we read our scriptures or we pray and we are not convicted of anything, How do we, again, how do we see him then really if we're not convicted about anything? Are we then actually aware of his presence? Are we aware of who he is in our lives? Or are we more aware of our worldly lifestyles and the things of the world? We've conformed to that so much more that we don't, we don't feel anything when we approach him. We're not convicted of anything. So we must always be aware that we are approaching our Father in heaven, our Creator. Amen? Then, after Isaiah saw, okay, okay now I've, I've been there, um, the Lord is now going to take me out. So what happened? Did he die or not? He, he, he didn't die. Let's look at verse 6 and verse 7. He didn't die. It says then, verse 6, Then one of the, the, the seraphim flew to, to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. That is again massive. So he thought he's gonna die, but what did the Lord do? The Lord sent him his, his angel, he sent an angel with him to him with a message to say, Isaiah, it's okay, you're my child, it's okay. You, you've repented, you know what you did wrong, so I'm not here, I'm gonna Remove all your sins from, from you. All your sins are forgiven. All your sins has been atoned for. For him, you would have said, all your sins would be atoned for, because that was before Jesus. So, and if the, if the Lord said, it is done, your sins will be atoned for. Your sins are forgiven, it's done. What he says is final. It's not that we as, as humans have a, a bargaining chip with God, like, okay, God, I'll do this, but then you have to do that. Like, we've got nothing to say. We have no opinion. The Lord, when he says it's done, it's final. So when he said, Isaiah, your sins are forgiven, it will be atoned for, that's it. He cleansed his lips. He cleansed his unclean lips. So what, we, what, what should we do? What can we learn from this? So we, we can step in the same, same way that Isaiah as, as, as came before the Lord. He, he came and he, he recognized his wrongdoings, his sinful nature, and, and, and for us, and, and he knew, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty, it's done, I'm gonna die, but the Lord said otherwise, he said, Isaiah, it's okay, I will spare you, your sins will be atoned for. Now for us as well, Jesus has already died for us on the cross, he already atoned for our sins, but it's still necessary for us to come in that same humble 
posture before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm nothing without you. I can't do anything without you. We can't do anything, nothing works if we do it from ourselves. We must realize that we are nothing without the Lord. And when Isaiah submitted before the Lord, he humbled himself and he said, Lord, this is me and all I am. And the Lord said, it's okay, my son. Your sins are forgiven. He brought him eternal life. This is the same for us. Our sins have been atoned for. Then what did the Lord say? Isaiah 6, verse verse 8. Then what did the Lord say? Also, I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And then I said, Here I am. Send me. So right after Isaiah entered into the Lord's presence and he saw all these things, the angels, he saw the Lord on the throne and he had that moment where the Lord said, your sins are forgiven, your sins are atoned for. He experienced another level of awe and reverence and respect for God because he now realized who God truly is. It's not just someone there on the throne. He realized the, the majesty of God, the power of God, the awe of God, and because of, of that, because of that, because of the love that the Lord showed Isaiah, um, it compelled him to say, Lord, now I know who I'm worshiping, who I'm entering um, into, into whose presence I'm entering when I pray, when I read scriptures, when I enter church. Now I know whose presence I enter, and because of that, Lord, here I am, send me. Now he know that whatever he will do is gonna be unstoppable because his Father in heaven is there with him. His Father in heaven forgave his sins, atoned his sins, and will go with him and before him. Amen? Because he knew he, sh- he shouldn't be al- alive, but the Lord showed him grace. G- grace. <clears throat> so when we understand that reverence for God, it will change the way we do life. It will change the way we approach our Father. So the, the question we need to ask ourselves today is, do you have that holy reverence for God? And that's um, something I think we can, we can only answer ourselves. It's not that someone can, can do that for us. But do you have that holy reverence for God? It's a reverence that when you enter into the, the, the presence of the Lord, it brings to rem- a remembrance of who He is and who you are, that you are nothing without God. It's a, a, a reverence that brings into remembrance the goodness of God, a, a goodness that compels you to step out and do something for God, to thank Him, to pray for Him, to worship Him. And it's a, 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 a reverence that reminds you of all the promises that God has over your life. And for many of us, we struggle like, I don't have a promise of God. Actually, He did. It's all in here. There's a history of promises for his people that we can fall back on if we struggle on something here, here. There's a history in his book of all the promises he did, all the ages, so that we've got something to stand on. 
so that we can, yes, so that we know who he is. It brings that reverence and awe for God. And to conclude, what would you do if you walk in church here and you, and you see those, those angels, those fiery angels, flames, fire, with their eyes, with their, with, with their six wings and their wings that close their faces, it closes their feet and they, they fly all around the throne of God and the throne of God stands at the center here of church. righteousness, the one is justice, and this whole temple, this whole church is filled with the train of his robe, it's just all here, and while you enter here, and, and, and you look up, and you look into the Lord's eyes, this whole 
surrounding his throne, constantly worshipping, crying out, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And imagine everything around you is just shaking, shaking. As there's nothing dead in heaven, everything is alive. So everything shakes and stirs because everything realizes God is holy. Everything in heaven has that awe and reverence. Thank you. 